Great to be with you. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin. This is the Jewish Growth Podcast, and I turned another birthday last week, as I always tend to do right around the time of Shavuos. And we had some of our kids in and out of the house as I was getting ready for Shavuos. And the big birthday blessing that I reflected on was the blessing of raising my children. And one thing that I noticed in this path as a father is that kids grow up and become young adults, and there's new beginnings. And these beginnings usually have bumps. In fact, last week I was purchasing a ticket for my son to learn for the year in Israel. And I thought back to one of my daughter's years in Israel. At the tender age of 18, we sent her without a group all the way to Israel for seminary with just a friend that she traveled with from Los Angeles. And she had a long route from L.A. to Tel Aviv through Italy. And as it turned out, in the process of things, she wound up in Ben-Gurion Airport without her passport. And I still remember sitting in my Portland office and getting a call alerting me that my daughter was at Ben-Gurion without a passport and may have to be turned around to the United States. So her path to study Torah for a year in Israel began with a challenge. Fortunately, the friend that she traveled with stayed with her in the airport as we tried to work out the situation. And not only that, but this friend had family in Israel and soon enough connections were made through those friends, through WhatsApp, to someone who worked in the airport with enough protexia to get my daughter through the airport so that she could get to her destination and ultimately work out her passport issues. Often when we go on a path in life, we encounter bumps and travails. And when we experience the bumps and travails, we may question our path and think to ourselves, oh no, something is wrong. But in a sense, travails are an inherent part of our life path. Things that go wrong can be moments we learn from. But as I see my kids and new adventures, one thing that I want them to know is that our paths are bound to be laden with travails. And nowhere is this more true than our relationship with the Torah. The path towards Torah contains challenges and hardships. The Torah was given to us in a midbar, in a wilderness, as reflected in the name of the Sefer that we've begun reading recently, Midbar. This Torah was given to us in the Parsha named after Yisro, Moshe's Midianite father-in-law. And Yisro independently heard about the miracles whereby Hashem took Israel out of Mitzrayim. He was inspired to travel and see his son-in-law Moshe. And Moshe took Yisro into his tent and told him of all the good that God had done for the Jewish people and all that happened to Paro and to Egypt for Israel's sake. Now that much we already knew because Yisro heard about the miracles. Did Yisro learn anything new in this conversation with Moshe? And the answer is yes, because the verse goes on to teach us that Moshe told Yisro, of all the travails that had befallen the Jewish people on the Deruch and the path and God saved them. Now, this translation of Hatla'ah follows Rashi as well as Onkelos, who says that Hatla'ah is Aksa, which can mean anguish or travail. What are the travails that the Jewish people faced? Rashi notes that there were the travails of the Egyptians chasing them to the sea and the Amalekites making war with the Jewish people. What did the Jewish people first think when they saw the pursuing Egyptian chariots? How did they feel when the Amalekites attacked? The answer is that they must have questioned the very path that they were on. 
In fact, the Torah says, Ve'yomru el Moshe, they said unto Moshe, Hamabliyem kvarim b'mitzrayim l'kachtanu l'mus midbar. Were there no graves in Egypt that you took us out to die in the wilderness? What is this that you have done to us to take us out of Egypt? So clearly they felt that the travails must mean that something is wrong. But in reality, the Torah was given to us in a wilderness for a reason. God brought us out to that desolate wilderness. Why is that? And the Midrash teaches us that we learn from this path that we were on, that if we want to approach the Torah, we're supposed to make ourselves like a midbar. In other words, just like a midbar is barren and desolate, so too we're supposed to view ourselves as barren, as lacking the word of God. When we experience that inner wilderness, that need for guidance from Hashem, then we begin to open ourselves up to the path of Torah. And so the Jewish people were brought to a barren place filled with challenges in order to receive the Torah. This desolate place is where we commit to the word of God without knowing how it's all going to work out. When we traverse the wilderness, we cannot work out every challenge or anticipate them in advance. Jews have approached the Torah this way throughout the generations. In the Midbar itself, at the end of Mishpatim, the Jewish people declared, Nasa v'nishma, we will do and we will hear, with the commitment to perform mitzvot, preceding hearing and understanding. And pretty soon we'll be reading, on Shavuos, we'll be reading in the book of Ruth, another person who epitomized this path. Ruth left her home in Moab to go to a desolate place that was desolate for her as a, as a destitute convert. And she was willing to accept the Torah without fully understanding the implications it would have for her life. As she told Naomi at the start of her path as they left Moab for Beidlachem, your people are my people and your God is my God. Without preconditions of understanding every detail, she started on the journey. And so too, during this period of the Omer, we remember Rabbi Kiva and his students who died in a plague. Rabbi Akiva was the epitome of accepting the Torah in a life that was filled with challenges. At the start of his journey, Akiva was a self-declared opponent of the rabbis. But later he was stirred by the sight of a wellspring carving out the rock. And he deduced in the sight that just as the soft water shapes the hard stone, so too the fiery words of Torah have the ability to shape his heart of flesh and blood. And so he set out on a path to learn Torah, but not without travails. First, he, along with his sons, went back to kindergarten. And the Midrash recounts how he humbled himself, sitting with his own son as the Rebbe taught them Aleph Bays. He advanced himself, asking every question imaginable on every verse, every letter of the Torah, every Mishnah he learned. And from his many questions, he slowly built up an unparalleled understanding of the Torah persevered through poverty to take this path of learning. In fact, he personally gathered sticks and straw to provide for his bodily needs. He sold the straw in the market to earn a meager livelihood. And his remarkable biography was continually characterized by humility. Eventually, Akiva rose as a great teacher in Klai Israel. He taught Torah to thousands of students, but these students were wiped out in a plague. And at that point, he could have easily given up right then and there. He could have concluded that this path to be a teacher of Torah for him wasn't meant to be. 
and yet he did not give up. Rabbi Akiva persisted. He established five students who became the foremost disseminators of Torah for the next generations. Rabbi Yehuda Bari Lai, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Lazar ben Shemua, Rabbi Yossi ben Chalafta, and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Even after all of these accomplishments, Rabbi Akiva was still executed by the Romans in an excruciating death. And even in that moment, he recited Shema accepting God's kingship. Rabbi Akiva's whole life was about overcoming challenges until his very last breath. He was a foremost Torah luminary in Jewish history. And critically, he didn't have to turn out that way. By contrast, there was another figure in his times known as Elisha ben Avuya. Elisha was born into a wealthy family, and he was raised from the get-go to become a great Torah scholar, which he achieved. And he was known as the primary teacher of the famed Rebbe Meir. And yet, eventually, after an episode known as Entering the Pardes, Elisha ben Avuya abandoned Torah observance. Although he remained connected with Rebbe Meir, his student, he nevertheless became known as Acher, the other one, the one who is estranged from the Torah. How is this possible? How could it be that someone raised in comfort to be a Torah teacher would leave the path? And perhaps the key is looking at Elisha in contrast with Rabbi Akiva. Akiva was born into hardship, and he persisted through a myriad of challenges. Elisha ben Avuya, on the other hand, had all the advantages but he was not able to withstand his travails. And so we go back to that verse in Yisro. The path of Torah is marked with hatla'ah, with travails. We set out on this path of Torah knowing that there is a power greater than us, the transcendental creator, Hashem. The path to Torah is not easy. So how do we start to traverse this path? And that is something that we do as beginning again each year, this year, on the upcoming Chag of Shavuos, as we dedicate ourselves to the path of Torah. Shavuos is so important. Jews around the globe stay up the entire night of Shavuos, and they learn throughout the night. In a moment of declaring, Nasev and Ishma, we will do and we will hear. I still remember my very first time doing so at the age of 19 in Afrat. As the night ended, the sun rose over the Judean hills. Our Rosh Yeshiva, Rabbi Chaim Bravender, began to lead us in singing V'tahir Libenu, a moving melody, and we began, finally, to daven chakras. This moment is an important part of the Jewish people as we approach Shavuos. Wherever you are, it's so important in your life. If you're currently learning in Yeshiva, you know what to do. Or maybe you're part of a community or a show with lots going on in Shavuos. I strongly advise that you get involved in whatever community you have locally. And wherever you are, you can definitely connect and do some learning on the night of Shavuos as well as over the Chag. So make sure you prepare yourself with something to learn that will inspire you on your path. And just like every soul stood at Har Sinai 3,400 years ago, so too today. Wherever you are, wherever you are in life, you can take the next challenging and rewarding steps and the path that brings us closer to the word of Hashem. Thanks for being with me. I'm Ken Brodkin, and this is the Jewish Growth Podcast.